Welcome to the Next Level Human Podcast. As a human, you have a job to do. In fact, you have four jobs. To earn and manage money, to attain and maintain health and fitness, to build and sustain personal relationships, to find meaning and make a difference. None of these jobs are taught in school, and that is what this podcast is designed to do, to educate us all on living our most fulfilled lives through the mastery of these four jobs. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Tita, and I believe we are here living this life for three reasons and three reasons only, to learn, to teach, and to love. In this podcast, I will be learning, teaching, and loving right along with you. I'm grateful to have your company. Here's to our next level. Welcome. This is the Next Level Human Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jay Tita. Today we are talking to someone who I find extraordinary, and this person is launching one of the types of episodes that I'm going to be doing. You know, one of the things that I do here at Next Level Human is we talk about the four jobs all of the time, right? Health and fitness, career and finance, personal relationships and romance, and purpose and meaning. One of the things we talk an awful lot about is the idea of turning pain into purpose, suffering into meaning, and our hurt as a way to help. We learn the most when we hear other people's stories of triumph, when we can hear the stories of other people's struggles and how they made meaning out of their suffering and how they turned their pain into purpose and how they took their hurt and turned it in a way to help. These stories are incredibly awe-inspiring to us humans. In fact, research shows that other people and the way that they go about their business in dealing with suffering is one of the most awe-inspiring things that we humans encounter. In fact, when people say what they're most in awe of, they will talk about watching other people overcome their suffering more than they will talk about seeing the Grand Canyon or a beautiful sunrise or anything like that. Now, isn't that amazing that we humans are most awe-inspired by our fellow humans? We learn, we grow, we are inspired, we take the example and the experience of other people's stories. And so I want to start highlighting those stories. And we're going to start today with the first episode in this series with Alexandra Harbushka, who, in my mind, is just one of these next level humans who dealt with her own struggles and suffering and turned it into something immensely beautiful simply by accepting it, realizing that this was a growth potential and a way for her to grow herself, enrich others and evolve the world, which from my perspective is that imperatives that we always talk about, learn, teach, and love. And I just fell in love with her, fell in love with her story, and just really wanted to share this with you. I hope you will enjoy these series of episodes where we highlight real people who are going through real things 
and are turning them into magic for growth for themselves, to enrich others, and to evolve the world. So without further ado, let's meet Alexandra Harbushka and hear her story. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Tita. I have a special guest today. I'm very excited about this guest because, as you know, the Next Level Human podcast is really all about what I like to say, turning your pain into purpose, taking your suffering, making it a source of meaning, and using your hurt as a way to help. And I really want in this podcast to begin to highlight who I would consider heroes, people who have dealt with things that we all might consider difficult, and they turn them into something that grows themselves, enriches others, and really evolves the world and the conversations in their area of expertise. And so today I have Alexandra Harbushka with me, and she is a wonderful sort of lesson in this idea of being a next level human, taking our hurt and owning it and helping other people with it. So Alexandra, welcome. Thank you for being here. And what I want to do is I'm just going to let you start wherever you want to start with uh, your story. Help us understand. Yeah, your hurt, your suffering, your your pain, and, you know, this beautiful purpose uh, that you you you. now have. All right. Well, I'm excited to be here, Jade, and thanks for having me. And and, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about hurt (laughs) because it was something I... I never thought was going to happen to me. And before I share exactly what it is, is, you know, you go out in life and you have this idea of what your life's going to be like. And typically it's bad things aren't going to happen. They don't happen to me. They happen to other people. Uh, and you're invincible when you start off in life, when you are, you know, a teenager, 18, 20, 25, whatever. And so for me, I never truly believed I would get an STD. It just wasn't in my my deck. That was not going to happen. Um, and the reason why I thought I wasn't going to get an STD was because I, I slept with boyfriends. I wasn't promiscuous. It was those people that got it, right? Not me. And so I ended up getting a lifelong STD and I ended up getting genital herpes. And even saying that word genital herpes or herpes is just such a cringy word. It is, it's a word that People freak out when they hear it. They don't know what it is. They they go, oh, herpes. Oh, we don't want that. And a lot of times we don't even know what it is. So I will get into that in a little bit, just do a little herpes 101. But back to my hurt, I was 28 years old. I, at that time I was dating somebody and um, he didn't know he had it. So he didn't know he had it. And um I ended up with it. I ended up with it about six weeks in. And all of a sudden, one day you just wake up and you're like, something is not right. Something's not okay. Something's not, something's not right here. And I already had known that this wasn't the right guy for me. Like I had started dating him and I'm like, gosh, you know, this just isn't right. So my body already knew before I knew. And it was like, boom, let's just send Alexandra herpes because she is going down a path that's not her path. And I was trying to mold. I was trying to stick to it. I was trying to make it work. And so I believe that this really happened in order for me to wake up and become the person that I was meant to be, the person that I was supposed to blossom into. But back to that day in in 2011, it was terrifying. It was isolating. It was was like, like you feel like a stab, like your heart literally shattered, not because of a broken heart from the person I was dating, but a broken heart to myself. Like, 
I have just done this to myself. I have just, I, you know, growing up, you'd see those uh, commercials, um, just say no to drugs and you'd see the people, you know, diving into a, uh, diving off a diving board into a water, into a pool with no water. Or you'd see people crack an egg on a cement saying this, you know, this is your brain on drugs or whatever. And I literally think, was thinking to myself, like, I just did this to myself. I literally just dove into a pool without water because in my mind, this was a life altering diagnosis especially at 28 years old. Um, and my my beliefs were I was never going to be able to fall in – I was going to fall in love, but it would never be with the person I was supposed to be with. Um, I would have to settle with who I was going to marry. Um, I would have to now move into like a certain group. Like, oh, I have to put myself in the corner. I could only date these people in the corner. Um, I believed that all my accomplishments, you know, going to college, getting a good job, all those things that I, the, the good choices I thought that I made, um, no longer mattered. So it was this whole, you used the word earlier, rebirth. It was this whole rebirth. It was this entire journey. And thank God it happened because I was really on a path of, um, people pleasing, of trying to become something else for other people, of, conditional love of I have to act this way in order for somebody to love me or I have to look this way for somebody to love me or um, not truly loving myself. And that was the biggest purpose here. I kind of jumped to the the punch here, but yeah. that was, yeah. Well, you know, so let me, uh, Alexandra and I spoke a little bit before we came on live, everyone. And I was telling her a little bit about what you all know about me and my hurt, my affair, um, mm-hmm. my, uh, infidelity, and my lying, my cheating. Your wake up. That was your herpes diagnosis. That was your personal nine eleven. Yes. Right. That's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, so, and, and, and I don't know how you feel about this, Alexander, but I think all of us at some point in our life get this, mm-hmm. whatever it is, whatever our sort of awakening, mm-hmm. you said rebirth, awakening, you know, we were talking about this, we get this awakening, we have this choice to make. And, you know, it's interesting, uh, you know, this mindset, right? I want to unpack this with you because I think um, it's just going to be telling for people. We all go through difficult stuff. And like mm-hmm. you said, we have these assumptions going in. Life is not, you know, life is going to be fair. You know, yeah. uh, I'm going to, my life's going to go a particular way. Uh, and all well, of I'm a sudden- do these things. I'm going to follow this course. I'm going to check these boxes off. And if I do these things, then therefore those bad things aren't going to happen to me. Yeah. And you hinted at this idea that somehow through this process though, right? What did you say? You said something like the life I was meant to live was shattered, but then there was a a hint that, oh my gosh, actually the life that I was meant to live is this. And so there's this turnaround that happens from when you get this hurt and this disbelief. And then I want to unpack how that happens. Is it a, is it like a living into the answer and an understanding? Oh my gosh, this is who I really am. Is it like, how does it happen? Is it a mindset switch? Some people might say, you know, you're just convincing yourself of things are good and we humans can make meaning out of anything. I certainly don't believe that it's the whole point of this podcast, but I'm wondering how do you get there? Cause a lot of people might say, I don't know how to make sense of my hurt. Absolutely. I, I am also a true believer. I, I'm I'm Christian. So I also believe that God doesn't give you a hurt or a problem or a speed bump or whatever that you can't handle. So 
and it, it's, it's also, okay, this is what you, I tried to, I threw little pebbles at you. I keep, I kept throwing them. I kept telling you, oh, this isn't right. Or gosh, is that really what you want? You know, those little feelings in your tummy or those little, you like have a little message that you hear, or you hear a song or you, you think about it and go, ah, nah, that's not, that's not right. Right? Like, oh, no, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is the course. I'm not listening to anything else. And so finally, I believe that this was thrown at me to say, wake up. Wake up. You need to get out of the fog and wake up. I call it my Eeyore phase. Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. He has a Love rain Winnie cloud. <laughs> right. He has a rain cloud over his head. He's ho-humming along. Life is hard. He's depressed. He can't get out of his own way. His friends are trying to get him to hang out and do things, and he just can't get out of his own way. And that was me from 28 to 30. I stayed with the guy. It was not a great, it was an awful relationship for both of us. Um, stayed with him because I believed that was all I was worth. I believed that he's the only person that would, would now accept me. I believed that nobody else would accept me. And I just didn't have that confidence to go do my, to go out, to, to go live life, to enjoy my twenties, to, to go do the, you know, do those things. And, you know, I go back and look at pictures of myself and, you know, like there was no pink in my skin tone. Like there was no color. There was no life. I had alpha acne. Um, it was hard to get out of bed every morning. Everything was crumbling around me. And I decided I was turning 30 and I thought, I am not going to turn 30 and still be this way because this is not how I want to live my life. And it was probably like 29, I started thinking about it. And then 29 and a half, I was like, oh, I have six months. I really got to get this show on the road. But um, I decided I just, I no longer want to live this way. And I don't want to be single. I want to be married. I want to have a family. I want these things. I don't want it with him, but I'm going to keep attracting the same guy with a different face if I don't start to change myself, if I don't start to look at myself differently, if I don't... If I, if I don't start to look at myself as the prize, if I don't start to start investing in myself. We'll be back after a quick break. All right, time to talk about one of our sponsors. This one is one of my favorites. It's a long time sponsor. You all know it. And if you don't, you are in for a treat. A G1. Now, for those of you who do not know AG1, I am very excited to introduce you to AG1 because it is one of the products that I've been taking for some time and I take this almost every single day. It acts as my multivitamin, it acts as my probiotic, it acts as my green drink, it does a lot of different things. It's an antioxidant and it has adaptogen herbs in it. This is something I use straight up, a scoop in water. It's also something surprisingly that I put into my protein shakes. It does turn those protein shakes green, but the flavor is so neutral that I don't even notice it and it is a great way to get all these nutrients in. The things I I love about AG1 is all the things I just mentioned, but the fact that when you think about it, look at all the different products it replaces. Prior to AG1, I was taking a bunch of stuff and it has replaced three to five different products for me. And so I really love this product. It is what most people would consider a greens drink if you just looked at it, but it is so much more than that. Now, I've taken greens drinks in the past, 
Number one, they tend to taste like swamp water. I love AG1 because it's a very neutral, pleasant flavor. And the other thing is, is that many of these used to raise my blood sugar because they put other things in it, extra starches, tapioca starch in particular, and AG1 does not do that. The other thing about AG1 is it does testing constantly on keeping its product clean, and it is on its 50-plus iterations, so they keep making this product better and better. But look, don't take my word for it. Really, you should try the product. To get AG1, all you have to do is go to drinkag1.com slash next level. Drinkag1.com slash next level. And they have a couple deals for you specific to that link. This is one of my favorite products. I urge you to get on AG1. It's going to be one of those things that you do for a very long time and be extremely beneficial for your health. Check the product out, drinkag1.com slash next level, and let's get back to the show. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You said a couple things there, and I just want to walk you through this. Obviously, we want to get to educating people because part of taking your your hurt and turning it as a way to help is to help people who are dealing with the same pain uh, mm-hmm. figure out some of the things they may not know, which I know is your mission. But before we get there, I, I want to ask you about some things that I see as uh, sort of similar in people's uh, trajectories. And so one of the things uh, that I want to ask about is you're making reference to this idea that you were getting signs, you were getting, you know, mm-hmm. sort of uh, these repeated patterns, what I would call repeated struggles, recurrent obstacles, stuck emotions. You know, so here's Alexandra sort of in this relationship. And it sounds like leading up to the relationship, you were getting a lot of these, you know, things. And then life has a way as, of whispering in your ear, then tapping on your shoulder and then kind of kicking you in the ball, so to speak, to be like, wake up and this happened. But then it seems like from 28 to 30, this two year sort of fallout period where you're dealing with this. And I guess this is your, you know, sort of when I think about trauma in the hero's journey, there's this resistance phase where you blame, complain, distract, deny, all of that stuff. And then something must have woke you up. So now I'm wondering what, what happened in that as you were approaching 30, was it just simply that things just started getting worse and worse and worse? Were the signs, were the repeated struggles coming up again and again, and you just got fed up? What yep. was it that finally made you go, no? So one of the things that was happening is so I was still dating him and we had a trip planned. And I remember thinking, I, you know what? I want to break up with it. It's just, I, I, this is like the struggle was real. And I thought, no, we have this trip. I'll go on the trip and then we'll just kind of figure out what we're going to do. And, um, and I can remember a couple days leading up to it, I felt like there was a corset around my, my, my waist or my ribs and I couldn't breathe. And leading up to it, I was like, I just felt like I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. And as I kept getting, leading up to it, leading up to it, leading up to it, you go, you know, like it just kept coming. And so we're on the flight and it was, um, across the country, it was LA to New York and we're on the flight and still think, like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And I get up to go get a glass. We're sleeping. It was a red eye. And I get up to get a glass of water or go to the bathroom or whatever I got up to go do to basically breathe. And I passed out on the plane. I fainted I had because I, I couldn't breathe. And um, they lowered the plane. They lowered the, – they, they, it was a code red. 
it was like it was a big deal. You know, not very often are we on code red planes, and then I was the cause of a code red for an entire mm-hmm. plane. And I just remember going, "All right, I got it." Like. <laughs> It got the message, you know, and it was truly that I couldn't breathe. Like I just, it was such a suffocation and it was such, my body was now telling me, you hear the messages, you feel them, but now it was like, no, you got herpes, you kind of listened, but didn't really, you can't breathe now. Like let's, let's, let's figure this out. So it was shortly after that, I I really started making the changes, Um, but that was a big, huge aha. Like my body physically said, this, this, you can't do this anymore. Yeah. Let's stop here for a minute, Alexander, because I think this is critical when we talk about, you know, the, the hero's journey, the heroine's mm-hmm. journey and, or the healer's journey, however you want to describe it. There's always this lead up of, of, you know, repeated obstacles, recurrent and stuck emotions. And, and in particular, if we're listening to Alexandra, she's explaining this, like she's having this like almost like full body anxiety. The fact that she's so tightened down, she can't even breathe. And eventually, mm-hmm. and God forbid, you know, good thing you're okay. But like, yeah. I can't even imagine that. Right. So you're like, it must've been so constricting that you pass out. Yeah. And then you have this thing where, you know, of course, then there's the embarrassment of, okay, now the whole plane has to alter their plans because I've passed out. And then you say, you finally got it. So, so I oftentimes talk about this idea that we're in the resistance phase. And by the way, sadly, Many people stay in the resistance phase their entire lives. Right. Then we get into the realization and the realization comes and you finally go enough. And this airplane constriction moment of losing your breath and passing out was it. And now we move into what I would call um, the road, this thing where now, okay, you're doing something different, but you still, it's still not necessarily perfect. It's kind of like, what am I going to do now? How am I going to figure this out? But walk us through that because- I'm gonna. I'll, I'll tell you my uh, way of looking at this, and then I want you to just go, yeah, Jade, not for me, or no, I don't agree. But my way of looking at it is all of a sudden when you make this turn, and I'm just curious if this happened for mm-hmm. you, then instead of repeated patterns, recurrent struggles, stuck emotions, you start getting synchronicities, and you start getting mm-hmm. serendipities, and you start getting opportunities, and you start getting major insights about things that you may have never thought about. So I'm wondering, is that how you see it or what started happening to you? And especially how did you make this turn that you would use this trauma to, to start helping people? Yeah. And, and I feel like my story isn't, isn't unique. You know, it's, it's not unique. It's obviously unique to me. It's, it's my story, but everybody has, not everybody, most people, when they are diagnosed with herpes, they have some sort of literally a, a rock bottom moment. And that may come the day of their diagnosis, or it might come five years later, or it might come 10 years later, whenever, whenever they're ready to actually hear the message. Um, so what I started to do, what I started to tra- how I started to see it, how I started to make changes was I realized I didn't, it's, it's actually funny. I signed up, I, I signed up for a course on love. It was, this was back to that. Well, this is probably what, 2011, 2012. I don't know exactly when I did it. Um, so they weren't like we, we have today. It was, it was, it was not a Facebook group. I didn't exist. Like, you know, I kind of just found there was a book and then there was a course and I just kind of bought it and it was learning love and it was learning what it meant ideally to find a partner. But what I didn't realize going into it was it was all about my own self journey, my own self work. 
and, and learning my self-worth. And so little by little, I started changing my mindset and changing my tune. So leading up to that, I had been heartbroken. Leading up to that, I felt betrayed. Leading up to that, I felt resentful. Leading up to that, I felt that um, true love no longer ex- existed. It was a, a fairy tale. It was a story of the past. The way that it was today is just kind of – it just wasn't going to be the same. No one was truly going to love me. Um, and so I realized, okay, I got I to gotta change that ASAP because no one will truly love me if I think that. If that's what I think, then that's what who I'm going to date. So um, I started listening to Wayne Dyer, um, you know, Deepak Chopra. Um, that was kind of big then. And also this course on love. And um, what I decided was, okay, I'm going to fill myself up with love because clearly my love tank is empty. And I'm going to pretend that I'm a Care Bear. And in, with, as we know, Care Bears have – they have their little rainbow or they have their heart or they have their lightning bolt or they have what their rain cloud, whatever they have. I can't remember their names. But I thought, okay, I'm going to pretend like I'm the heart. And in order for my 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 belly, my, my heart to shine like a Care Bear, I have to fill up myself because right now there is literally nothing in there. And so in order to do that, I have to continue to t- – tell myself and and see love and and visually see it in other people and see it in in life and see it in nature and see it throughout throughout my day. So one of the things I thought this is you're going to laugh. So I thought okay, the most romantic thing I could think of right now is Shakespeare. But okay, Romeo and Juliet. It doesn't get more romantic than Romeo and Juliet. I remember I sat down the first day and I thought okay, when I eat my lunch at my desk at work, I'm going to Literally, I'm going to read Shakespeare and I'm going to read love and I'm going to pour love into my body as I eat. Like that was the only way I could think of it. And so I pull up Shakespeare and whatever. I'm trying to find a sonnet or something and I start reading it and I am livid. I am pissed off. I am angry. I can't even get through a couple lines because I get so pissed off that that I'm like, love doesn't exist you know, this girl is going to just die for Romeo. Like, please, like, come on. He's not like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of, right? Guys, all they do is stand you up. They cheat on you or they give you herpes. She's just going to die for Romeo. Like this is the, so that didn't go well. And I was, (laughs) I remember I got an outbreak immediately because I was so angry. I thought, okay, I have to fix this. So little by little, I, I think I gave up Romeo and Juliet for a while. But little by little, I would find little quotes or I would put pink salt on my food and I would literally put the love in my body. So that filling up my cup was what I started to do. And then I would – when I'd see people, I thought I'm a Care Bear. I'm going to give them love. And this is not lust. This is not anything other than genuine love. Like just I have appreciation for you being right here in front of me. I have appreciation for you holding the door open at Starbucks. When I walk in, I have an appreciation for you, whatever the person at Trader Joe's checking out. I have an appreciation for whatever it was. So that's that's how the change started happening. I love this because, you know, oftentimes talk and this is like in, in manifestation work, which I do a lot. We talk about, you know, um, 
you have to feel this. And most mm-hmm. people do this as a visualization. They don't get the feeling or they do it as a thought. They don't get the feeling like we know the law of attraction, right? It's like, just think it and you'll get it. But right. What I've always said in this is that any any manifestation work I've been successful with has to do with feeling, and you seem to do that. But I have a question that I want to dig into this a little bit, if you don't mind, because one of my my um, thoughts on manifestation work also has to do with the idea that we have to clear old wounds. And yep. I'm wondering, the question I want to ask is that this seems like this journey was really your journey, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm reading this right, your journey in love. And so- before all this happened, leading up to the event where you where you got herpes, what was love always a challenge? Was there childhood developmental stuff there, or was that the thing that brought it out? Because I'm just curious on how how this all came around. Yeah. Because somehow you re- had to was it the trauma that destroyed your your trust in love? You had to rebuild, or was there always something there that needed to be uh, considered? So I, I think there was, I think the turning point was in my twenties when I started dating. I had, mm-hmm. I, my, I grew up in a wonderful household. My parents are still married. They've been married 55 years. My grandparents are still like, well, they're deceased, but like divorce isn't in my family. Great family, big family, um, lots of cousins and, and things like that. So I never saw a, I didn't have a broken home. So that, that wasn't the case. Um, with that being said, I had the fairy tale idea of love. And I thought that you meet someone and you fall in love and that's that. Like you you meet I them see. and that's going to happen. And and so I dated – I had my first big, I guess, heart – disaster, heartbreak, whatever, at 26. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I dated this this guy from 22 to 26. And – that that shattered me, and so yeah. I thought. Well, this Form, was formative the, years for sure. You took right. a tough relationship, right? And I thought, well, this was supposed like I was supposed to like this was supposed to be my husband. This was what I, I he he was tall, he was dark, he was handsome, like whatever. We went to college together. He had a job, oh, whatever you know. He the fit tall, the dark, story. and handsome. Right. It was what I was, it was the box of the vision that I had of the fairy tale that I was supposed to have. And that didn't happen. And then I had someone else that I dated and then he cheated on me. And then I had, you know, like, so it was like, well, what, why is this happening? Um, but really the, the, so it wasn't necessarily love with a partner. It was love with myself. Cause I realized I was trying to, um, look a certain way. Or I was trying to, you know, if a guy said, and this is, I'm using this example, but if a guy said, oh, I like it, I only like it when you wear your hair down. And I'd be like, okay, so I wear my hair down. Okay, got it. Opposed to, well, I don't want to wear my hair down. I want to wear my hair up. And that that's a, that's a silly example, but it really isn't because I was, I was not true to who I really am. And I wasn't, I was, I think, held back. My true personality was held back to fit into a mold of who I was supposed to be with, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. It makes sense. And and um, I'll offer this and you can tell me, no, Jay, that's not it at all. But I I, I, I sometimes phrase it like this, yeah. uh, this idea. Some, I sometimes see people and I go, we can't outsource our sense of self-worth or our sense of love to others. And it is, seems to be a human condition for a lot of us that we have to unlearn where mm-hmm. we do that. You know, we take on the culture level mindset of I'll, I'll present myself a particular way for popularity and status. Mm-hmm. 
And right. so it seems like if I'm if I'm writing this, that you were essentially believing in this fairy tale, believing that I have to sacrifice my own authentic nature, and I also needed to outsource, uh, you know, this sense of love. And it seems yes. like you began to discover that. Well, no, I have to, you know, find this sense of love in myself, and then attract it. Is is that exactly accurate? Exactly. Mm. Absolutely. And and that was a really important journey I needed to learn and and always stay true to yourself and and thank goodness I learned that because my husband that he he's like I never want to hold you back. Like I want you to be you. I want you to do you. I want you to do it. And I would have never appreciated that nor would I have ever I think wanted that if I had met him at 22. That makes sense. I would have, I wouldn't have understood the importance of that. Yeah. So it's almost like you found out how powerful you were. And let's face it, uh, many men who would deal with, uh, yes. you know, sort of a brilliant badass like you would basically be like, uh, yeah, no thanks or try to stifle it. But right. by you owning that, you found uh, someone, you attracted right. someone that's like, oh, nah, babe, I, you're just the bomb. I love go. you and, and go. Yeah. So exactly. I love this so much. So let's, let's talk a little bit then about then how does now moving forward, right? Mm -hmm. You know, with herpes and this mission, because mm -hmm. obviously this is now, this is a whole other thing that, you know, I think of self-love, you know, a lot of people be like, okay, yeah, self-love is great, but not this part of me. <laughs> However, right. But not, but not this part. I'm not going to love this part. So your, your lesson in life up to this is like self-love. And then you have to sort of you know, walk the walk. And for you, right. it's like, yeah, self-love. And I love all of these parts of me and I'm going to own all these parts of me. Mm -hmm. And in our trauma, there's a sense of ownership. So now I'm like, tell us about that because did that come right away? Was it as soon as you began to find self-love? How fast afterward did you just go, oh yeah, me, all of me and I'm going to own this and I'm going to do something of value with it? I would say it's still a journey because mm. I, I, you, you, you peel back one layer and you're like, I got this. And then something else pops up in your life. Mm. You know, now I'm I'm down the journey of of motherhood and and I'm learning life through the eyes of a 3-year-old and I'm like, "Whoa, that like it's just so anyways, I think that we're never done with with that journey. I think that it continues to just to grow and grow and grow. But back to what you're 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 saying, you know, as far as manifestation or however you want a law of attraction, you do have to clear out the cobwebs. You do have to clear that out and you can start you can clear it out and still learn the journey. It just doesn't affect you. It's it's more of a like, oh, that's that's funny. Like this song used to trigger me. Wow, that's so funny. I can listen to it now. And you can think about it and it you go, oh man, that was such a, a interesting time in my life, but it doesn't like I, no no hatred for this person or no resentment or no anger. Um and that was what I was doing basically law of attraction. I didn't know I was manifesting. I didn't know that. Mm. I didn't know what it was, but I looked at Newton's third law, which is for every action, there's an equal and opposite rea reaction. And I thought, so I'm acting in a way that is attracting this. And this is not what I want for my life. And I know this is not what I want for my life. So I th I was like, we need to find things that I want in my life. And so people ask me a lot, like, well, did you just go date? How did that work? Were you nervous to date? And it did take me two years to break up with him. So yeah, I was nervous. Yeah, I was scared. Yeah, I wasn't ready. Yeah, but I was like, I have to do this. I'm turning 30. <laughs> I don't I don't want to stay here. And I went out with everybody. I didn't, I, it, 
I didn't, I decided, you know what? Again, every action is an equal reaction. So if I keep saying no to a date because I don't, for whatever reason, don't think that he works, then I'm saying I don't want, I don't want to date. And that wasn't, that wasn't the case. I wanted to date and I wanted to find somebody that I was wildly, madly crazy in love with. So by me saying no to dates was going to just stop the date, the, the cycle of it. Yes. It was kind of like saying no to love in, in, in that way. And it sounds like you had to, uh, you know, I oftentimes hear this theme as well, and it's the way I phrase it, but I'll just put it out there. It's like, you know, that old identity, it's like, we have to kill off that old identity before we can create the new one. And, right. and then and you're mentioning this thing of like, yeah, there's no part of me that seems to be holding on to a, a bunch of stuff from my past because those are old identities of Alexandra that really don't exist anymore. You're, it sounds right. like you're just a whole new person. Would, yeah, right. so would that be accurate? Yeah. Absolutely. And the, like you said, the the journey continues, and there's new phases that I learn, and new new things, and and I go, okay, I need to reset. I need to acknowledge it. Okay, cool. Now, how do I clear it? How do I move yeah, this, forward? It's one interesting thing about that when you make that awakening in one area yeah. of your life. Oftentimes, when you you wake up to something that's very difficult, and you go, wow, I, I never would have seen. All of a sudden, you're able. It seems to be able to cross over. Not that it's that easier. We have to deal with our pain, like the emotional pain as humans. We have to deal with, but it does seem to be like, okay, here's another uh, opportunity for me to remake my assumptions and and sort of learn. We'll be back after a quick break. All right, time to break into the show for one of our sponsors. This is a brand new sponsor, and there is a lot of neat research around this product that you're going to want to listen to and pay attention to. The product is Qualia Senolytic. This product helps to address one of the key discoveries of the last decade in regard to aging. As our cells age, many of them begin to become arrested in their development. These cells stop dividing. They become senescent cells, kind of like zombie cells, right? These cells that are just hanging around, no longer dividing, and secreting negative compounds that have negative effects on the body. This is a product, Qualiacenolytics, that addresses this effect. Now, you might think, well, okay, well, what about exercise and diet and fasting and cold plunges and all these things? Aren't these things going to help with this? Well, here's the interesting thing. We all age, right? No matter what you do, we all know that we're going to age and you're going to see the signs of aging. Research is suggesting this is because of these senescent cells and all these things I just mentioned, fasting, proper diet, exercise, all these things seem not to make much of a difference when it comes to these senescent cells. So how do we get rid of these zombie cells and help that middle age feeling that a lot of us get after we turn 40? I know I did. That's what this, that's what this product, Qualia Senolytics, does. It's like pruning the yellowing leaves off of a dead plant. It removes worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of the body to begin to thrive. And all you need to do is use this compound two days a month, six capsules one day, six capsules the next day, and you will get the effects of these senolytic agents to remove these zombie cells from the body. The formula is non-GMO, it's vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring into the combined effect of all these ingredients together. 
Not only that, this product comes with a 100-day money-back guarantee. If you don't begin to feel higher energy levels, feeling younger, more productive, and more enthusiastic, and especially what happened to me, less aches and pains. How do you get this product so you can take advantage of getting rid of these senescent cells? All you have to do is go to neurohacker.com slash human. And when you do, you'll get up to $100 off. When you use the code HUMAN at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash human and use the code HUMAN on checkout. Look, aging is one of those things that is incredibly difficult to do, even when we're doing all the right things with diet and exercise and fasting and all the tools we know. This is one of those products that is insurance on helping us age better. Check out Qualia Analytics, neurohacker.com slash human, and let's get back to the show. With that being said, what I've noticed, because that's what happens when I talk to people being diagnosed with herpes and, and they go through this journey and I get so excited for them and they're like, you know, crying and it's like the worst day ever. I'm like, it is the worst day, but it's so exciting. This is going to be awesome. We're going to go on this journey. But, but, um, what I want to say, what I've noticed through working with people is three, there's three areas in our life that we have issues with. It's sex, money, and food. Hmm. When you boil life down, there's an issue with one or two of the things, usually not three. But you may have someone that has like their financial shit together and their love life, but they're struggling with some sort of health or, or eating or their weight or they don't feel comfortable in their own skin. Or you might have someone that's like, I got the rocking body. I'm great. And I'm making the money great, but I can't find the right person in my life. Right. So there's, there's usually, and they're all connected. And again, it's just continuing to go deeper and peel back that onion, that awakening. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because every time people listen to this podcast, we talk about the four jobs. Uh, the, the jobs are health and fitness, mm-hmm. finance, mm-hmm. Uh, personal relationships, and uh, you know, purpose and meaning. And so, mm-hmm. but I oftentimes say the health, the finance, and the personal relationships are like three legs of the stool, and mm-hmm. the purpose is the seat, you know, sort of of the stool. And so, a lot of people need that seat. And I think when you find it, you know, that purpose. It starts to allow yourself to, you know, at least you're never the you're never on all all three stools. You know, the stools are always sort of moving right. a little bit like this. You never, but as long as you have a seat to sit on, you can sort mm-hmm. of rock that back and forth. So it's interesting that you broke it down yeah. into those things too, because I would agree those are the and we know it's interesting too. I'm an entrepreneur. That's where everyone spends their money online as well, right? It's either going to be in financial education, personal relationships, health and fitness. And then, of course, purpose and meaning, which is a lot of the work you and I do now. You're right. doing that work where it's like, hey, use this as an opportunity uh, to find purpose. So I love that you say that. I would love for you, for the people who are listening to this and being like, I'm so inspired by Alexandra. I'm dealing with the same issue that she's mm-hmm. dealing with. She's found a way not just to own it, but to love it and embrace it. What do And, and for people who are, you know, who still look at this as a stigma or look at it as, you know, what is it that you want these people to know? What, what Walk us through your brief education of how you would begin and want people to begin seeing this and dealing with this and any, all your tools. I mean, you're, you're, you're sort of brilliant and wise in life in general, but with this particular situation, 
Walk us through what you would want people to know and educate. Know that, number one, you're not alone. The majority of people have herpes, which is unbelievable to think because we're not tested for it when we go for STD testing. So if we're not tested for it, most people are asymptomatic. So they, again, don't know they have it or they get an outbreak, you know, once every five years and they're like, oh, that was just a bug bite or whatever. They don't, they don't realize they have it. They don't know they have it. So if you have herpes, number one, you're so not alone. So many people have it and it's okay. You're not going to go through life um, as a leper. You're not going to go through life. Like you're not going to miss, a, you're not going to lose a limb. You're not going to, there's no, there's no like big H on your head saying you have herpes. People don't know you have herpes. It's, it's, you can do everything that you want to do in life. Um, you don't need to be held back. So that's number one. What happens is it's a story that we have believed. So the, the stigma is a story that we've told as, as a society. We believe it. We feed it. We've, I've told her, herpes jokes in the past. I'm sure we've all told STD jokes in the past and we've all fed it. So it is a story and it's up to you to decide if you want to believe the story. And there's proof out there that whatever your limiting beliefs are on herpes or being diagnosed with an STD or being diagnosed with a, with a lifelong STD, you have limiting beliefs. And when you start to realize that, well, that's not true for that person and that's not true for that person. And well, that person isn't having that issue. So why is it true for me? So you start to then rewrite your story and realize, well, actually, I thought this was true. Like I was maybe your thought processes. Well, I'm the only one in the world with herpes. You're not. I guarantee you someone in your family has it. You just don't know it, right? There's someone that you love unconditionally that also has this that you don't know about because the person is scared to tell you. So when you start to realize these things, you realize, wow, this was a story that was poorly written and I hold the pen to rewrite the story for myself and I can change it and I can make, I can rewrite it going forward. I can change the path. I don't have to stay down this herpes stigma. I'm, I'm a shameful person and I have to live in shame. I can rewrite it and go this way or that way or whatever way I want to go. So I think that's the key. And that's really the key for anything. My story is herpes. But for everybody else, they have their own story. And again, you don't have to fall into the bucket of whatever that bucket is for that stigma attached to whatever you're going through. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I posted something recently, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm an author and I, I in this world, obviously, Next Level Human. And one of the things I, I, I said was that your hurt really is a hero in a sense. Uh, if you want yeah. to know the shortest path to be to the beginning of purpose it's to begin to humbly and honestly uh you know tell your story of suffering because when you do that like think about all of us listening to alexander right now she owns this like you know and her she's rewritten the story so this story doesn't apply it's a culture level story her it's not the actual true story so she doesn't buy into the culture level story and As such, she frees herself from that. And by telling her story, guess what? She's healed herself. She's also beginning to heal all of us, even those of us who don't suffer from this particular condition, but will suffer from something. So by telling her story, she becomes the hero. And the only way she can become the hero is to have some type of hurt. Like in a sense, what's a hero? It's just a hurt, a person who's been hurt, decides to help people. And in helping people, 
they heal themselves, they enrich others, and then and they also evolve the world. And so for all we know, and I, I truly believe this, by Alexandra beginning to tell her story this way, so openly, so brave, so like this is not a big deal. She changes the cultural narrative. All of us start speaking about it differently. And maybe because of Alexandra in years long after she's gone, by the way, perhaps this is going to be what it should be, Thank which you. is just another thing that, you know, we all have to deal with something and it's, you know, it's, it's not something that is what people think it is. And so that's the way I see this. And I'm, that's why I was so excited. Uh, as you know, as soon as I saw you, I saw you on another podcast and I immediately was told my friend whose podcast it was. I said, I have to have her on my show. She's <laughs> absolutely amazing. And so I just love that. And I hope you, I hope you can feel that because we're not always told that, Alexandra. I mean, I, I, I'm you. sure sometimes you are, sometimes you aren't, but I just want to tell you like, seriously, from the bottom of thank my you. heart and like, you know, thank you for what you're doing in the world. Is there anything else that you would like to, you feel sort of intuitively compelled to share with everyone that they should know? Yeah. Just um, basically don't hold yourself back. Don't, whatever you think your handicap is, it's not a handicap and it's, it's potentially a redirection in your life and figure out what that redirection is. And, and if you need help, find help. You need a support group, find a support group. Um, but don't let whatever your handicap is hold you back. So Alexandra Harbushka, why don't you tell us uh, where people can, I know you have lots of resources for people. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure people are really going to want to hear from you and some of them may, may need some of that acute help that you offer. So tell us where they can find you, keep up with you and, and what things you have to offer them. Absolutely. So I created Life with Herpes. It is a community. It is a website. It is a YouTube channel. It is Everything that you could ever possibly need <laughs> if you are diagnosed with herpes. I have thousands of videos up on YouTube. Uh, I have years worth of blog posts. So definitely head over there. If you have herpes and you are wondering like, where do I start? I do have a 21 page, I had to think, 21 page ebook for you. It is outbreakremedies.com. You can go there. You can download it. And it's, it really is, I've, I revamp it, you know, every few months and it just gets longer and longer. Um, but it, it really is great. It, it definitely will help you get through your diagnosis. It'll help you get through an outbreak. It'll give you information like, oh, I didn't think of using this or think of that. So it, it's great. Go to outbreakremedies.com and I'm excited to see you in my community if you have herpes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just I'm just so blown away by you. And thank you so much once again for being here with us. And do me a favor. Hang on. I'm going to go ahead and end the show here. Just hang on a second so we can make sure this is uploaded. And for all of you, I hope you loved hanging out with Alexandra as much as I did. So we will see you at the next episode. Thanks. You have been listening to the Next Level Human podcast with Dr. Jade Tita. If you enjoyed this episode please make sure you subscribe and consider leaving a review. You make the biggest difference when you pass on your lessons and inspire others. That's why reviews like this are so powerful. Your words may be the only ones that resonate for someone else. Please remember the information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. Always consult your personal physician or therapist before making any lifestyle changes. And finally, thank you for who you are in the world and the difference you make.